You're listening to Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast, exploring the depth and complexity of our inner landscapes, one fathom at a time. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our first ever episode of Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast. This episode, we're going to introduce ourselves and invite you into a conversation about what we hope to do with uh, the Fathoms podcast. But before we get into all of that, uh, Creek and Abram, give me one or two words about how you're feeling as we start and launch this podcast. I am super excited um, and a little daunted at the task, to be honest. Okay, me too, me too. How about you, Abram? Um, (laughs) I'm back and forth between uh, nervous quite nervous and very excited you know okay good but i hear but i hear that shows up in the same place in the brain so so who knows uh, there what we it go. is there we go and i am feeling uh terrified and excited <laughs> or as my uh friend alan says terracited <laughs> made it into one word that is amazing yeah alan it. briggs good friend really of mine feel free that. to use that Terracited. So we are terracited to be with you all. <laughs> Sounds like a disease. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't have terracitis. Thank God. All right. So let's uh, introduce ourselves a little bit. So I'll start. Again, my name is Drew Mosier, and I lead with uh, Enneagram Type 3. I'm self-pres dominant, and I am recording this episode from my hometown, uh, the booming metropolis of Upland, Indiana, which <laughs> is located north of Indianapolis. And I work uh, by day as a college professor at a small private college here in the area. I'm also uh, married and I have five kids. So this is the most peace <laughs> and quiet i in a while. <laughs> So, Abram, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Drew. Um, my name is Seth Abram. Um, I lead with any type nine, dominant sexual instinct. You know, the, the subtype title seeker is it's very much me. Um, my stacking, I will say, is sexual, social, self prez. You both know how uh, insanely blind I am or <laughs> can be with that last one. You don't even have eyes in that area. <laughs> I'm working on it. Uh, I live in uh, Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I've been here for, man, coming up in probably nine years or so. Um, I work for a church uh, called Church of the City here in Nashville. I've been with the church for a little bit, um, where I get to do a little bit of Enneagram work as well. Um, but some other pretty important things about me, you could say, are, you know, I'm a dad uh, to to children who I would honestly say are my greatest teachers. Um, I'm a husband for coming up on 10 years this year to an amazing woman. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a singer songwriter. Um, I love books and reading them. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, an important distinction to make in today's yeah, world, by the way. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I like to just say, you know, my hometown is where the dumb, dumb suckers are made. What city is that? It's called Bryan, B-R-Y-A-N, Bryan, Ohio, very northwest corner of the state. I love. I also love that you had to uh, make sure everyone knew that you were a, a father of kids. You had to <laughs> draw that <laughs> distinction. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I live in, I used to live in East Nashville, so people would, you know, people can be dog 
fathers or goat to, dogs to goats you know I, <laughs> dogs yeah. to goats I, I don't know if that's how that works <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> this wow. is not working <laughs> <laughs> wonderful all right how about you well, creek um yeah how about you yeah creek? so yes my name is seth Creekmore, uh but i'm going by creek uh because there are too many seths in my life um, and I must stand apart from them, which should tell you something about my dominant Enneatype <laughs> 4, wing 5, uh, self-prez, social, sexual, and if you're into the whole tri-type thing, 4, 5, 9, uh, I know there's mixed, mixed things Yeah, we about should that, talk but, about that in a future episode sometime. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I live in Goshen, Indiana. I am self-employed, uh, doing music and podcasts and building websites and writing advertising copy and running a coffee shop and just a bunch of other things um, with with life and just trying to make make payments on the bills. So I am also a musician. That's kind of my <laughs> primary source of creative outlet. Uh, I enjoy all things good, good coffee, good scotch, good food, good conversation, all of those things. All right, so I think we need to dig a little <clears throat> deeper though. And what if, how about this? What if we each talked about kind of our Enneagram origin story? Maybe what fascinates us about working with the Enneagram? Yeah. Let's, mm. let's do that so I, like I can it. start again. So I first encountered the Enneagram uh, about 12 years ago. I was on staff with a nonprofit in Vancouver, British Columbia. And uh, we took a test on the Enneagram as a staff development uh, exercise. And I w classically, I went in really skeptical, thinking it was a waste of time, and came out of mm -hmm. that session feeling like <clears throat> someone had truly read my mail, like knew who I was, completely and 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 it really terrified me and also fascinated me so ever since i've used it uh in my work uh, but really got serious about the study of the enneagram uh, probably about four years ago i uh, went to a workshop with suzanne stabile and then did some additional study with chris hewerts and then um, did some more study with nan henson and linda roberts in atlanta and uh, now I use it a lot. I spend all, most of my free time on Enneagram-related stuff. So researching about it, thinking about it, uh, talking about it, and, and writing about it. It's because I think it, it's so helpful in uh, helping us better understand ourselves and others. So I'm really fascinated by the intersections of the Enneagram and vocation or this idea of a sense of calling do a lot of work as it relates to discernment in the Enneagram. So how do we make good decisions? And also, since I work in the education space, I'm really interested in how the Enneagram can help improve our education um, <laughs> in whatever that looks like. Yeah, so what about you, Abram? <clears throat> Tell us about uh, your Enneagram origin story. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I probably heard about it around seven years ago from two guys that started the church that I'm at. Um, they used it previously at their... Um, you know, just for hiring purposes and for other things within within the church. But uh, this, you know, they started the, this church with it, and and I initially I just kind of was not really drawn to it by any means. Really more turned off, you know, with the symbol and everything that a lot of 
people um, could tend to be. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I just found myself actually four years ago this month um, in the middle of the second day of this two-day event with um, Suzanne Stabile and just sitting there thinking, um, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to do something with this the rest of my life. Um, so that was just very fascinating. Wow. Um, for me, especially at the time, but, you know, since then I've been studying, honestly, most days of the week since, um, you know, last year alone, I read 20 books on the Enneagram. Uh, I tend to consume probably a little too much information, uh, Enneagram related, but, you know, I, I read a bunch of articles, a few audiobooks, attended some workshops, but, you know, I just, it's just, it's become really, really important for me. Um, you know, all that said, it's, it's really opened up for me, um, I think my capacity that I never knew I had. Um, I think I could say that I was really unaware that I had settled for um, one-ninth of my humanity, you could almost say, you know? Mm. And honestly, that made me angry. <laughs> and that's a that's a good thing for this guy. Um, but, uh, you know, some of my, really my, my, my most personal focus, I would say, with the Enneagram is, um, you know, I really, I really see this thing as a map for wholeness. Uh, so I think there's a, a sort of hidden wholeness, uh, a fully aliveness, a, a, a embodiment, um, and a, an in abundant life, if you will, uh, waiting for all of us whenever we're ready to do the hard work of letting go of a very small interpretation of ourselves. So for me, a lot of my work with Enneagram is, is really about relationship, um, coming back into relationship with all of ourselves, especially the parts of us that we've split ourselves off from, you know, that, that didn't line up with who we needed to be in the world. I love what Brene Brown says. She says, uh, the, the irony is that we attempt to disown our difficult stories to appear more whole and more acceptable. But our wholeness, even our wholeheartedness, actually depends on the integration of all of our experiences, including the falls. Thank you, Abram. Creek. Yeah. What about your Enneagram story? Yes. Uh, so, unlike Abram's, most of my knowledge comes from uh, memes and <laughs> the depth and complexity and nuance that those offer. Uh. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I so really found it through Abram. Um, we, w once he started getting into it, that's pretty much all we talked about ever. <laughs> Um, and continue to do so, which is which is great. I I prefer I prefer learning via conversation versus books or or podcast. Uh, podcasts are almost conversation, but uh, the so that that's kind of started where it started my journey, um, and uh, picked it up, put it back down, picked it up, put it back down, and then eventually. Uh, I actually think it was uh, the moment that I really started getting into it was probably two and a half, three years ago, something like that, where we went to an event with uh, Russ, Hud Russ Hudson and Tom Condon in Chicago. Um, and since then, really just started absorbing so much information. Um, not nearly as much as Avram, but uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> That's what I'm, that's, that's how it started. I would say the thing that fascinates me most um, with working with the Enneagram is how to make it experiential. I think mm. most of the content that we consume uh, on a regular basis is so much in the head. Yeah. 
Uh, it's so much just information, but no tangible way of how to apply it other than, well, just be present. And, and that's nice, but you can, there's so many ways that can go wrong, honestly. Mm, yeah. And I hope, I hope in through, through my music, through different art installations, through meditations, through different breathing exercises, I, I hope to be able to help people understand the Enneagram experientially and mm. not just in a very, uh, not in a sterile way, not in a, how does, because life is not sterile, life is dynamic, just like the Enneagram, and we need to treat it as such. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Creek, you're even like uh, appealing to people who don't learn in a lot of the ways that the Enneagram can be taught. Which I think right? maybe that's why it's, I, I'm drawn to that is because I don't feel like I learn the way most people learn. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So we're calling this podcast Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast. And probably worth mentioning uh, a little bit more about the term fathoms, why we chose it as a title for this podcast. And uh, fathoms is really about uh, the idea of depth and exploring the depths of something. In fact, the, the term fathom derives from an ancient nautical uh, method of measuring in which you take a length of rope and span it across your wingspan and then drop it into the water with a weight on the end. That would be one fathom. And then fathom after fathom after fathom, you could explore the depths of where you were. And that's what we want to do with this podcast is explore the depths of the Enneagram in uh, some really helpful and thoughtful ways in hopes that we can uh, you know, do what uh, Creek said, which is explore the thing behind the thing behind the thing. That requires a, a depth of conversation uh, regarding uh, this resource that's been such a major part of our lives. And so we want uh, to explore the depths of the Enneagram with you. So that's what we hope to do with this podcast. So I think what's helpful about that analogy is that it gives us uh, an ability to explore the depths of something that can initially seem really overwhelming. So if we think about all the different aspects of the Enneagram, all the different work that's being done, all the different groupings, the different triads, you know, all the different ways in which teachers go about it, it can really seem overwhelming. But if uh, we look at it through the lens of fathoms, you know, what is it that we can reach with our arms right now? And then next, what is it we can we reach with our arms? And I think it gives us an opportunity mm -hmm. to kind of incrementally and yet progressively continue to explore the depths of something as opposed to being overwhelmed by all of it. And it's, um, you know, if we think of even about the idea of an ocean, it can seem really overwhelming to take it all in. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, Drew, I love that, man, because, um, you know, the Enneagram is, is trying to get at naming uh, the human in front of you. And so you can't, this is, I think, some of the, biggest issue of the the popularized version of the Enneagram is that you have an instant thing right in front of you that you think you understand when this 
right. when this shows us what we're talking about is like is is a consistent level of process of understanding. I remember uh, hearing Tom Condon, you know, one of my favorite teachers, uh, talk about how he's how did he phrase it? Something on the lines of um, he's gone through like six different deeper understandings of well, I thought I knew what the enneagram was. Wow, I thought I knew what the enneagram was. You know, over and over. I, I love that the the system actually models um, mm. the fact yeah, that good. we are not a noun, we're a verb, you know, as human beings. Yeah, because on the one hand, uh, the Enneagram, it, it can initially seem really simple. Like, oh, it's mm. just dividing up humanity into nine types of people, right? But then once we work with it, with any depth, we realize, oh, there's so much more going on mm-hmm. uh, underneath the surface of every human we encounter. And the Enneagram, uh, I think, allows for uh, such deeper, deeper explorations of who we are uh, beyond just a simple type, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think along those lines, uh, yeah, I poked fun at memes earlier. Uh, and, but it is about, I mean, that is, <laughs> that is the, uh, you're, you're just, you're touching the ocean, like, just the, the the very touching and honoring honoring each fathom of depth that you experience the problem is if you just stay on top of the ocean and you don't actually go down and discover the wonders underneath um right ignoring ignoring the depths is 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 the issue that we have with memes um if if that right. is all the ocean is if all the ocean is is surface, then why why is the ocean the ocean? Like it's the ocean is the ocean because of its depth, not because of its surface. Yeah, sure. Oh, that's good. So we <clears> could <throat> say then that this podcast is the scuba gear. <laughs> oh yes, I love it. For your learning how to free dive. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Good. I Ooh. like it. So that's what we hope. Um, but we want to talk a little bit more about our expectations for this podcast so that you can know what to expect from uh, the Fathoms podcast. So Abram's going to lead us in a bit of a lightning round exercise. All right, y'all. Since I have been in the South for a while, I feel pretty great saying y'all now these days. Um, <laughs> but why don't, we, why don't we jump into a little bit of a speed round, yeah? Who's up for that? Ready then. Let's do it. Oh, you know, and, I, let's and do I've had, it. I'm, I'm kind of nervous though. <laughs> and I've had enough <laughs> cups of coffee this morning that I'm gonna actually, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in this. So, I've had one. All right, bring it. I was up till 3 a.m. So we'll see how this Wonderful. goes. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right, y'all. So right. here we go. Uh, why don't we just go back and forth between the three of us? So uh, let's see. Okay. Since Drew started, let, Creek, I'm gonna start with you, man. Uh, what mm-hmm. do you? What's your hope for this podcast, man? What are you hoping for? I really think that uh, just giving a platform. Um, that people can consistently come to and expect quality and um, meaningful and yeah, meaningful content. Yeah, true. Uh, I just want to get wealthy beyond imagination. <laughs> <laughs> That's how this I'm works. Glad somebody right? said it. Okay. Yeah, I'm just stating what you all. Think. <laughs> no, I, I agree with Creek. I, I do think there's so much um, Enneagram content out there and. Just a lot of noise. I hope we can uh, just be a substantive addition to the Enneagram conversation yeah. and, and just be a really meaningful part of people's you know, 
journeys with learning more about the Enneagram. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, what, what I hope for is, is what we've already addressed, especially, I love the name that we, we found, you know, Fathoms. You know, I think there is a depth to what it means to be a human being. And I think when we close ourselves off to that part of us, you know, like I was saying in the beginning, um, you know, we see ourselves and other people as a filter, as, as, a, yeah. as a misconception, as an idea. And that's where so many of our, all, some of our stuff comes from. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping for, for depth, for, for clarity, especially de- sort of debunking these unhelpful and unhealthy, really unhealthy perspectives on how the Enneagram is used in this popularized whatever version. Um, mm-hmm. But also, honestly, I'm just also really excited for the unexpected flow of conversation I think we're going to have together. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. And then the last... Yeah, that, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. And the last thing I say is just that... Um, my, my hope is that we can offer as well some practicality on how to actually use and travel the mm. map. You know that is the enneagram. All right, next uh, next question. So, uh, Creek, what would you say, man, are your hesitations about engaging the enneagram? I yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't have a choice but to engage if I want to keep you as a friend. So there's that. Um, it's contingent upon friendship. Right. As I didn't know this would get personal. <laughs> no, yeah, I'd say my hesitation is I think oftentimes there there are just moments where I I find the depth to be so incredibly um, wonderful, but just annoying because <laughs> I was just like I can't I can't handle all of this right now, and it's hard to it's it's hard to keep going when there is so 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 much to understand and to know and to and it's not just about knowing it's it's about understanding and applying it and to do both Mm. of those things which are just heavy heavy lifting it's it's exhausting it's at some points and i go through phases of consuming and just hardcore into it and other times just like nope just gonna just gonna read a fiction book here uh can't, (laughs) can't do it yeah Cool. Drew? Drew, what would you say, man? What are your hesitations uh, about engaging the Enneagram? Yeah, I think uh, my hesita- my primary hesitation is that it is so popular right now that I think it can, whatever we do with it can be just maybe lumped into what I think are some maybe unhealthy kind of current expressions of the Enneagram. Mm. Uh, you know, primarily uh, I, I get really concerned when uh, type becomes the end of the conversation or the goal so if we can just help everyone figure out their type then we're we're good and we'll just live in this peaceful and harmonious world (laughs) (laughs) or something along those lines um and and that really i think conveys an idea that type is it, it really is the goal or the aim of the whole thing like figuring that out when i'm really convinced that the enneagram uh framework i'll allows us to view type as simply the trailhead mm. to a deeper understanding of who we are. And uh, if people aren't willing to engage it at that level, um, then I think it becomes challenging for us. And yeah. um, so I, I think I, I'm hesitant in that it's so popular right now that um, that I th- there's, plenty, there's plenty of content out there to help people just kind of navigate discovering type which is really important but mm-hmm. it, it is the trailhead i think there's so much more to it yeah i hear you. I, i'm with you both um you know some of my hesitations uh i would say about engaging the enneagram is that 
you know when, when i'm like sitting next to s- uh, some some people in a conversation who are addressing it at a, at a coffee shop you know and and simply addressing it as as a typology for interpersonal ego relationships mm. you know aka like confusing type as an identity you know you could even say right. then thus the coddling of our own narcissism um you know when mm. people are just doing that behind me in a coffee shop i you know i start to cringe and i've gotten i've gotten oh, more yes. and more used to that too um as i i really kind of see that the enneagram is just kind of getting used the same exact way as any other personality system that we've previously already known. Like if you only go, if you only travel this far with anything else that looks like the Enneagram, well, then I'm only going to go that far with the Enneagram too, you know? Um, and, you know, uh, we can cut this out if we, if we need to. But, you know, as we've talked about before, um, you know, the Enneagram is about sort of deconstructing the ego, you know, this thing we've identified with that we thought is who we are. And, you know, Richard Rohr talks about the two halves of life. And right now, so much of the popular understanding of the Enneagram is really just reinforcing that first half of life. When, yeah. when uh, you know, what the, what the benefit of the Enneagram is for is that descent, that second half of life, you know, where we realize, as I think Rohr says, you know, um, after around the age of 30, we realize that success is uh, no longer something that drives us, you know. Um, yeah. So for me, like it, it makes sense that um, I was just riffing. I don't know where that came from, but for me, it just makes sense that uh, people are only engaging the first part of the the tool and stopping there because they're not ready for what the enneagram actually allows and offers the trans the transformation piece, which is the most important part. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Anyway, yeah. I don't. I don't often bring up the enneagram because because of what drew was just saying you know it's widely understood um that it just puts people in boxes that's why people run away from it and i so i tend to like even in in meetings i have with people i don't even use the word um mm. because i think it's it can be triggering and it can be whatever mm. for a lot of people um but yeah like drew or like creek you were saying man i'm also hesitant because it's hard to know where to start sometimes because it's so it can be so massive anyway uh let's go to the yeah. next one um, Good. Drew, man, what would you say is confusing about the Enneagram? Oh man, where to start? Uh, <laughs> I think there's a, well, what you were just talking about, Abram, regarding ego. I think the terms ego and essence in the Enneagram conversation are often really confusing. Yeah. And, you know, I think we're going to talk about this in future episodes, which yes. I'm excited about, but we we've mm. got to figure out what that means if we're going to understand how to uh grow and change uh from type you know and and we we need to know what the ego is and what its role is and what essence is and so i think that's that's confusing i also think there's a lot of confusion around instincts mm. so hopefully we can get into that at some point yeah. um what role do they play uh how do we navigate the idea of a dominant instinct versus, you know, a subtype or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So uh, those are two off the bat. I got a whole list of things that I think, <laughs> uh, have some confusion around them, yeah. but that would make good, good topics for us to discuss in the future. Yeah. yeah Craig, sure. what about you, man? What would you say is confusing about the Enneagram? Um, I, yeah, I guess I would echo what you guys said of, of just 
Well, yeah, the complexity is so so nuanced and so um, you think you get it and then and then you realize you don't. Um, and then so then it just becomes a constant questioning of do I actually get it now? I don't know. <laughs> um, and uh, we're at some point we'll bring we'll bring our friend Kevin on uh, who is a wizard in the Enneagram like no one has ever heard. Um, and the more I spend time with him, the more I'm realizing the the movement of the Enneagram. Um, and yes, the lines and and whatnot, but even on a on another level of the Enneagram spinning on itself and stacking on itself and flipping inside out and just all these crazy things that he's not just making up um but yeah seeing the the massive complexity of the enneagram and then trying to bring it back down to a level that i can talk to someone about it and make it <laughs> clear and have a light bulb moment for them like taking yeah basically taking the universe and handing it over in a <laughs> in a bite-sized piece <laughs> like, that's just like holy crap a meme right There's exactly yeah <laughs> there we go full circle no you're right it is really dynamic yeah and i think um the, the temptation is to keep it static so that we can kind of understand it control it yeah. use it you know to our own uh for our own purposes totally yeah it is so dynamic yeah that's what i was addressing earlier is like i'm a fixed idea i, I see myself as that you know and that's a denial of the rest of me you know, but mm. we learned that early on, and we don't know that. So, so for me, uh, you know, what's confusing about the Enneagram? I get it. There's nothing confusing about it for me. So let's move on to the next one. Um, just, <laughs> just you are it. our walking Enneagram encyclopedia, Abram. <laughs> so. Yes. I'm kidding. I don't understand it at all. Um, so I think you know. I think if we're talking about the popularized Enneagram of personality, here's something that we could address in the future. You know. Um, yeah. You know, if you look at the word, it just means nine things around a diagram. So there's a lot of enneagrams, y'all. There's a lot mm-hmm, of enneagrams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Um, Perhaps infinite. There, yes, yeah. I'm serious. Oh, for sure. Totally. Yeah. It, I mean that. At least 108 enneagons. Thanks, Oscar. Um, so, you know, I, I, you guys know I did a whole series on misconceptions that I and I think. Uh, well, for me, one a big confusion is about how we talk about type as the same thing as an actual human. Um, yeah, I see this from everyone. I don't know who not who who doesn't do this. You know, we say sevens do this, nines do that, and when we do that, we negate the human being behind the filter that actually contextualizes the type. You know, mm. um, you know, there's seven and a half billion people in the world, and it's not just the subtypes or instincts that flavor the nine types. It's actually the human being behind their with their life experiences. You know, mm-hmm. sure. Um, so I think that's a confusing thing. That just plays into the the box, putting people in boxes, you know, and mm-hmm. reinforces yeah. my my ego and um, an unhealthy ego. Um, but yeah, I think that's a confusing thing for me that I would that I would mention. But next question: What would you guys say? Um, what's missing from the current conversation on the Enneagram? Draw, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. Uh, uh. Okay, I'll say uh, 
I think a couple things you know, we've already talked about some of this, yeah. but so I'll add maybe a new angle. Uh, I think a lot of the ways in which Enneagram knowledge and insight applies to our everyday lives. So mm. that's why I do a lot of Amen. Uh, work in the realm of like, the Enneagram and discernment. I have a, you know, wrote a whole book that's coming out oh. on it. And, Heyo. And because I think, it has a lot to say, the Enneagram has a lot to say about how we go about making decisions mm. in ways in which type helps and hinders our decision-making uh, with wisdom, especially. So yeah. I think that's a missing piece. Um, I also think there's a lot more depth with a lot of the fundamentals that as soon as, uh, I think the temptation is to read about a particular kind of fundamental of the Enneagram. So like the triads or the intelligence centers, mm. And just say, okay, I got it, and then move on. What what else do I need to know about it? When there's so much work that can be done with those fundamentals, so I think mm. there's that's missing. How do we how do we go at some of those uh, things that we kind of all know comprise our current Enneagram conversation, but mm-hmm. go at them with depth? Yeah, that's good. Creek, what about yeah. you? Man? Yeah, yeah. What's missing? You would know. I would know. <laughs> I always know what's missing. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, the, like I said at the top, I think that one of the things that's missing is um, just experiential learning of the Enneagram. Um, mm-hmm. It's experiential learning, experiential applying, experiential just understanding um, of, of the dynamic nature of the Enneagram. Yeah. And it is, it is the lens through which we see. Um, and, and, and also just learning how to be non-dual, non-binary, um, in our approach. Um, no, you're like, we're going to have this conversation, but you know, your ego is not bad. Um, and it, it's, it's been a great phenomenal teacher for you for the majority of your life, probably. Well, and it still is. Um, So finding, finding ways yeah. to communicate um, that sort of level of experiential knowledge and, and taking, taking whatever thought feeling or, uh, or instinct or whatever's happening in the moment and being able to sit with it, find where is my ego trying to protect myself and where is the essence or whatever you want to call it, um, where is that showing up as well? And then just being aware of that and learning how to hold those things as one thing instead of parsing yeah. them off as good and bad. Yeah, that's great, man. Uh, you know, for me, what's missing from the current conversation, um, I think I think it's probably pretty important that we shift talking about type from the more external personality realm. That personality, you know, it changes and shifts with each environment. You know, the, the external version of us. Um, that's so susceptible to whoever we're around in whatever situation, you know, that's t- t- shifting that to where type actually exists. Uh, the, the ego type, you know, which is more internal with, with character structure, you know, and I think this is actually why people have such a hard time typing is because they're just looking externally and they mm. don't know that type is actually more of an internal experience, you know, I mean, and, yeah. and it's the disconnection between the external and the internal that, you know, the split that causes the, all these issues. But, um, you know, there's, uh, there's a friend of mine here in Nashville who says, you know, it's not, the type is not an external identity, it's an internal practice. Mm. Um, so I really think that is 
a big thing that's missing from the current conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. finally, uh, what, uh, what, what would you guys say that listeners should expect from this podcast? Your mind will be blown. <laughs> Probably going to edit okay. that out. <laughs> Creek just went into voiceover <laughs> mode. In a world. And I don't hate it. In a world. In a world filled with memes. <laughs> oh my. Three men take a stand. <laughs> that's amazing that has to be rolled that's, that's it that that's started. it seriously what should listeners expect um uh, interesting and helpful number you know variety of formats in engaging the enneagram so i think we'll have there'll be episodes in which the three of us will talk about something that we think is really important about the enneagram there'll be a lot of episodes in which we bring on guests who uh who have uh, something definitely that's worth sharing and hearing and discussing. I think I should see some experiential episodes in which um, Creek is leading us through uh, experiencing some of the content Mm -hmm. and engaging it in more holistic ways and uh, whole person ways. I think Mm -hmm. you can expect not just a, a typical kind of formulaic uh, podcast in which you know exactly what every episode is going to provide you. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think along those the same lines. There's a. Um, I hope, and and this is, this is going to be a work in progress, but um, I hope that this can be a podcast for anyone on any age, sex, nationality, level of interest, level of expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, can engage the podcast and maybe maybe some will have to listen to an episode five times in order to actually grasp the content but that the content is here for your taking and that we hope to give a very clear but deep um, expression of it and that's also mean that also means that we're going to be going a little bit slower probably than the average Enneagram podcast um, because there's there's a level of depth every fathom that we need to explore in order for us to take that next um that next step down um so expect to be challenged mentally physically and emotionally um oh shoot yeah there it is (laughs) um but this this is not intended to be any sort of statement of uh we know it all at all (laughs) it's a it's we're exploring as just as much as 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 the listener is Mm. yeah definitely uh i need to say one more thing as well that i i hope listeners can expect and that is you know uh i think it's worth noting that there are two sets on this podcast (laughs) and they're both withdrawn types and so i'd love to have a segment occasionally in which I uh, stand between two sets, if you will, <laughs> and try to get them to do something that they don't want to do. Uh, oh man! And try to coax them in my assertive stance <laughs> to do something that they don't want to do. You mean like as a spiritual discipline? Oh, of do course, you mean like you know. do you mean like start this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it may or may not have felt like that. It's <laughs> oh man! Yeah. What about you, Abram? Yeah. Um, you know, I th- honestly, be- because of knowing you two, which I just want to say, you know, I think there's, there's, I think people can really expect something uh, solid and, and, and special here because we have a lot of life together. 
between us. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's yeah. something special that could come from that. Um, you know, Creek and I have done a ton of stuff together, just lived a lot of life, a lot of, we've been in China together. We've been in mm-hmm. all these different places. We played a lot of music together. We've done a, just a lot of, you know, intimate, not, <laughs> we've done really <laughs> amazing things together. You know, we're really close. And Drew and I have, yeah. Drew and I have known each other since I was in high school, you know, and, and I'm older than that now. Uh, yeah, we just there's a lot between us, and I think there's something magical that I would expect to come from us um, with just our heads together, you know, and our hearts together, and our bodies together. Not as weird yeah. as that sounds, but um, yeah. So I think you could expect, you know, uh, honestly, I, I think this really beautiful connection between psychology and spirituality. Mm. Um, you know, I, I yeah. think psycho- psychological work is is inseparable from spiritual development. So. Um, I think if I can add one more to that, it would be like science. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Psychology, totally. yeah. spirituality, and science. I think all of those, I mean, the trifecta. Totally. And there's a lot to explore in the Enneagram on all three of those. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Areas and in the intersections in those areas. Yeah. Yeah. And I do also want to call out, uh, we do realize there's, there's no irony lost on... Um, <laughs> three straight white dudes starting a podcast um but we do i mean highly intend on um bringing in all sorts of voices from all sorts of backgrounds and and different life experiences um we just happen to be the curators of this conversation um so we hope to bring in some some amazing voices in the future for sure Totally. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, let me, and just to finish, since I was interrupted. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, I, I, my, my hope is that potentially sometimes, I think similar to what you said, Craig, is that um, we might potentially allow for some cognitive dissonance. Um, mm. At least at least I hope things that cause us, cause people to stretch, you know, what we're maybe comfortable with and used to, because that's exactly where our personality stays intact. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's yeah. uh that's i think something people can expect um especially from the three of us you mean we're gonna disagree a lot <laughs> we might we might that'd be fun no. It's possible. no but i do think uh one of the things that listeners should expect is that we're going to provide some varying perspectives on the enneagram so you, what you'll see in a lot of podcasts or a lot of other places is um maybe uh, the view from one school or one teacher. And yeah. I think we represent um, what's happening in the Enneagram community is that there is kind of an expansiveness that's occurring uh, regarding uh, how we go about learning about the Enneagram and who we go about learning it from and how do we incorporate it and integrate uh, varying views. So I hope that's uh, evident in this podcast. That, you know, when we talk about something like the difference between harmony triads and object relations, you know, yeah. groups, um, and and that we can parse that out with some depth in hopes that uh, listeners and ourselves, you know, we can we can come to a greater understanding of what we're working with and what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Well, this has been uh, really exciting for me, guys. Uh, honestly, I'm. We've been, you know, putting some effort and thought and a lot of um, things into this for a little while, and it's. I don't know. It's just super exciting for me to to finally sit down together and and uh, 
share well you know all the things that we've been discovering and learning um over the over the the years so i'm super super excited to be with you guys in this and uh grateful we get to do this together so uh yeah bye everyone everybody thanks for listening to this episode of fathoms an enneagram podcast if you found this episode helpful in any way consider sharing it with a friend or family member we are so honored to be on this journey with you discovering our inner depths one fathom at a time Truthwork Media Studios.